Hello, everybody, and welcome to our new formatted uh, up Untying the Knot. We, uh, we did consider a name change, but we chose to stick with this name because, well, all the names we considered were already taken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, they give a different view than we would like, so, yeah, we're sticking with Untying the Knot. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but you know, we're, 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 we're trying to be as, uh, we're trying to be, we're trying to represent ourselves well. So we're, we're not trying to be, uh, divisive and trying to present ourselves as opposite of anyone. So, um, we're just trying to present, uh, a general public view of what's, of, of the things that are going on. Uh, yeah. because believe it or not, even though you listen to our podcast, we are part of the general, uh, public. <laughs> I was actually looking up. Because I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, thinking of it in terms of economics in, in the United States is kind of how we do things. And, and, I, and, I, and I bring it up about the United States because uh, I haven't told you guys, we actually do have, uh, I don't know if they're regular listeners, but we have been, we have been uh, listened to internationally. We have been listened to in Ireland and we've been listened to in Germany. So if those people are still listening to us. Oh, dope. Shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, Wait, can you get us plane tickets? i like to visit <laughs> <laughs> i like that we have international listeners <laughs> we're gonna do a show over there too and then you know hang out <laughs> so uh but but one thing i was looking up was uh was economic metrics and it always annoyed you, you guys remember when you were when we were in school and and they would talk about the three types of averages the mean the median and the mode right no, i fell asleep at that class i'm sorry <laughs> well, as a review for you, Flavius. By the way, we, we forgot to because we were so uh, engaged in talking about our, our 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 discussion of a name change. We forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Jake, and with me are my uh, co-hosts, Flavius and Minnie. Hey, what's going on? Hello, hello. And uh, so, uh, for, as a review for Flavius, I'll just go over. So, the mode is the easiest one. The mode is if you have a set of numbers, if you have a data set of numbers, the mode is the one that comes up the most. So like if I were just counting from one to 10, but I went one, 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 two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, the mode is one because that number was said the most. Right. Gotcha. So the mean is the average as we know it. It's when you total up everything and then divide it by each entry point. So, if, you know, mm. it, it would be adding all those numbers together. Uh, and since I technically gave 13 numbers, it would be adding all those together and then dividing by 13. Right. The ah. mean is when you put the numbers in a list in order from, from least to greatest or from greatest to least, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the, a middle number. It's the one yep. physically yeah. in the middle. Right. Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing that's deceiving is, a lot of times, if we use the median, you're using a lower number than the general average. So when I try mm -hmm. to look up um, general income figures, uh, actually today, it was interesting because a lot, even when I tried, even when I specifically use the term mean income in the U.S., mm -hmm. first few data points that I got were medians, and mm -hmm. I ah. same sites. And it took it took me a while to find a 2018 site that actually gave a mean um where the median income is around in the united states as of 2020 is around sixty one thousand hmm. dollars. the mean 
income in the United States is actually, uh, as of 2018, according to a, uh, a, a St. Louis newspaper or data, whatever I was looking at, was uh, $106,000, which is a little bit different. <laughs> in terms you know, yeah, that's, that's a bit different, but I'd like to be in either of those categories, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm uh, unfortunately way under that. That's Damn, it sucks. I'm kind of in between, but not. Uh, I, I'm the kind of in between where it's like, oh, I've hit the sixty-one thousand, but I'm well, well, well away from the um, the hundred thousand, from the hundred and six thousand. And right. and in our county, because uh, we live in in a, in a pretty well-off uh, county, being closer to the median still doesn't put you at 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 ahead at, at, at all. Right. Really. Um. So it's like you know just, but that that kind of reflects what we mean when we say we're trying to represent the general public when we when we go you know we we've had that experience i i can tell you about times that i've that i've uh you know put my he's now th uh, three years old but when he was one uh put my one-year-old son on a carry on my back walk to the store with our last 50 cents on uh wednesday and uh not knowing if I'll be able to stretch that, knowing that I'll have to stretch that 50 cents till Friday until a paycheck comes. Right. You know, I've, 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 I've felt that I've lived that and yeah. people in our halls of power who have never lived that they don't. And it's not that, and it's not that they don't have the type of compassion where they hear about it and feel bad for you type of compassion. But when it comes to data decisions, when it comes to policy decisions, they don't have the frame of reference to know what that's like to understand how the rest of us live they've never lived mm -hmm. before you know and right. i hate to call out the president because you know he's uh called out pretty often but uh this is one of the cases where it's where he's a very easy example of someone who has always mm -hmm. had that 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 the power of money and never right. had to uh try to uh make it to the next paycheck and that's, yeah. that's a that's a more common um experience than some people in our country would believe because they just they've never had it before right um and and that's something that i think we can all as as hosts of this show kind of relate to and kind of kind of use as our perspective for um speaking to uh, uh why we want to put things in, in in more general terms and, and and explain uh sort of how these things are going because we We've also, uh, you know, we're, we're putting it upon ourselves to take the time to look things up and, and understand them better. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And with that in mind, all three of us have, have chosen topics. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we decided on the order of who would go first. We haven't decided on the order past then, so you guys are going to get to hear how this DIY podcast goes all DIY right in the middle. Right. <laughs> just just call it out. One, two, three, rock, paper, scissors. Just be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be the, you can be the mediator. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yes, I will. I'm pretty sure one of you went with scissors, even though you said you went with paper. Right. <laughs> well, even if we – whatever we call out. <laughs> right. But – uh. Well, first we're gonna go. Uh, I, I think Flavius has a really interesting topic, so I want to. I want to start. Mm -hmm. with, well, I, not I want to start with him. We all we all agreed to start with uh, Flavius's topic. Um, so, uh, Flavius, take it away. Go away. 
Yeah. So my topic is the um, the buyout of the XFL, which um, filed into bankruptcy um, and is actually bought now by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, a his actual ex-wife and now business partner and uh, a group um, of investors behind them. And it was interesting to note that uh, as I was reading the article that the original investment from Vince McMahon was actually 200 million and the mm-hmm. buyout was 15 million. So he's taken a, he's taken that's a big jump. It is a huge drop. And from uh, reading a bit, in, um, I'm not going to remember everything, but reading into it, um, there were other more serious investors, but it seemed like they really couldn't come to any negotiating table. Um, yeah. So it really just kind of came down to, um, Vince McMahon actually really letting go of it. So it really wasn't him even selling it to Dwayne and his associates. It was just, it, uh, you know, finally it was just bought up. Um, I think, you know, uh, on this hand, it, it's good that it was um, bought up by someone who has a passion um, for sports. Um, in case some people forget, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was an athlete way before WWE. He actually played for the Miami Hurricanes won a national title with him, played under Jimmy Johnson, which a lot of other players played under, a lot of famous players. Took um, the most amazing uh, fanny pack picture during that time. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, yes, Kevin Hart did that picture, and I freaking laughed about it. Yeah, that was a great picture. Um, with, the, uh, with the turtleneck and everything. Yes, yes <laughs> everything. Oh, my God. Actually, I don't think he did his hair the same way, but it was it was still perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's interesting um, that he buys it um, because uh, he has a passion. He knows this game. He he knows fans. He knows what the people want. He's been a host mm-hmm. of five different shows. You know, he's done tons of movies. He's what last year he was the he was the most paid actor. Yeah, with I don't know how many millions, and it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see that it's apparently going to restart in 2021 yeah they're not full with the whole details as to who what the teams are there seems to be a 10 percent of what the workforce was will have long-term work and will stick around uh which is great um so it's interesting i don't know what you guys are i'll take on that a little bit well yeah go ahead no go, no, go ahead jake I, well, I was just noticing because you said I, I pulled up the article that uh, you sent out, and, I'll, and and we will um, for our Patreon subscribers, these will our show notes go up on Patreon, and, and you'll be able to uh, access the um, the the links and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I was noticing that uh, you know in a in a in a half season, uh, the the league actually the last paragraph actually mentions that the league uh, generated. 20 million in gross revenues um, and had projected 46 million in gross revenues for the 10 game season. So when we, when we point out that, uh, that, that Vince had invested nearly 200 million in the league's second, second uh, attempt, um, Hmm. he he was well on his way to meeting the marks that he had set, but because of, and and let's face it, it's because of, uh, 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 what's going on now with the pandemic and, and mm-hmm. inability to have uh, live games and things like that. Um, he just, he, he had to cut his losses because he's got other things to deal with. He's got, he's got a global business. Right? Which I will say 
his show sucks. I'm sorry, but <laughs> raw ratings have sucked really crappy. It's been terrible. And I just I mm. I agree with Kurt Angle on that one though. Kurt Angle said that when the crowds are back, you'll see a surge in, in, in viewership. And I and I agree with him because I I'll be honest, is, I still it's think- not so much of viewership, it is the writing. The writing has not been up to par. Hey man. Besides that, we'll get we'll get back to football. Uh, <laughs> I still the old attitude era stuff, but I haven't been watching the main shows because I've been waiting for the crowds to come back. No, mm. it's it sucks shit. Raw's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only good part, uh, all right, just to kind of deviate a little, the only good part to me, I watch the highlights, and I've watched the highlights of every damn show for the week. So it is not just, you know, WWE. It is um, ROH. It is also um, Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Deviations, yeah. but yeah, the only good part was actually the United States championship match which was there was a fake holder a real holder for the title it was a good match yeah, the rest right. of the show after that sucked and no lie that was the first 10 minutes of the show I, I, I say though when it comes a lot of these people like the rock is an act i put it like this the rock is an act, actor stuntman he's good at acting and he's good at the stunts that it takes right. to be a wrestler um a lot of the people in wrestling are stuntmen actors. They're 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 the stunt, mm. the, the 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 flash and the and the um and the moves part, that, but they don't really have the acting down. And, and, and yeah, talents that we recognize the most for being the best are the ones that are the best actors. Yeah, kind of why I can't stand Bailey. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think she's a great actor. No, she's a terrible actor. <laughs> but I love The Rock, and and, and but she's hot, you um, know. So <laughs> my my thing is, uh, I, I, pers- and and I think I have a personal bias in this because I have a lot of, uh, <laughs> I, I guess Chris Jericho based respect for uh, for Vince McMahon. I like the way that Jericho talks about McMahon on his podcast, and and mm. and and uh, particularly when he was talking about the decision to go uh, with AEW. Um, he mentioned uh, 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 how he went to Vince and was saying, they're offering me this much money. And Vince being like, well, I, I just, I don't have that for you. And kind right. of implying you should take their offer. Um, and it kind of implied to me that that he, he he's, he's grown that business to such a level. Cause like, if you think about it in the eighties, it was still regional, you know, he was the Northeast. He was, he was the New York and, and, and New England show. And you had, Jerry the King Lawler in the in in uh, you know Memphis you had uh, Smoking Mountain Wrestling um, AWA NWA WCW you had all those territories so people could go and do different things they could go to one territory and be a top star there and then they go to another territory and just be a, a, a freaking jobber or in the case of one of my favorites uh, George the Animal Steel he would go and uh, wrestle in New York every summer. And then during the school year, he was a gym teacher in Wisconsin. Mm. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's like, I have so much respect for Vince. He, he, he took that business and he, and he grew it to be a national business. He took over the competition nationally and he grew it into an international business. And he's been, his, his, his focus over the last few years has really been growing the international brand to the point where it almost seems like he's um, ignoring the national business and that's kind of where we get the the writing sucks and and all that going on there's there's just not as much focus in 
the American market as there has been in expanding into the Indian, uh, the Chinese, the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Saudi Arabian, the Australian, the English, all these different markets that they're trying to push into um, internationally. To sort, of, It's sort of like a, a, ne- a new regional type thing where he's trying to build uh, even larger. And so this XFL thing kind of makes sense because it's like he, he has this passion for it. But you got someone like The Rock, who probably talks about Vince in the same glowing terms that um, that that Chris Jericho talks about Vince, um, and and it, it sort of makes sense that he gets kind of like this sweetheart price of fifteen million dollars. And that's and that's one thing that they mentioned later in is that it kind of makes one feel that maybe he was waiting to just kind of keep it within close friends mm. um but like it, it was kind of stated that you know he relinquished the hold over the company he had to cut his loss so it really didn't go down to just him it ended up being that they made a good offer and they know exactly how they want to keep that idea going right mm. <laughs> well i mean this weekend i was visiting family and uh I had a brother-in-law who knows he's of a somewhat opposite uh, uh, political uh, stances on a lot of things as, as, as myself. And so I think he thought he had me at a, at a crossroads uh, when he, when he said something to the effect of uh, Vince McMahon runs for president. Do you vote for him? <laughs> I think it surprised him when I, when I turned to him and went, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes to me, you know, because he's thinking he's of an opposite uh, political stance of me. He goes, well, you know, he'd probably run Republican. I said, well, that makes sense. His wife did when she tried to run for governor. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, but but the thing is, it's it's that because the way I look at the WWE, it's it, it, it grew. He, he, he took a business that was regional and made it international. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, one of the things that I also really respect about his business model is at this is is, is that the other portion that he grew was his charity wing, um, or their charity wing. It's a it's a massive organization, and they do massive amounts of charity. Um, you see it all the time on their show because you know, of course, they're going to play it up. It's it's a way to put over their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wish Foundation. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's it's this thing where, um, you know, I. Andrew Yang had a term, um, uh, compassionate capitalism. And uh, if I were to look at a company that I think really does uh, sort of embody that uh, compassionate capitalism idea, it's the WWE. Um, Hmm. You know, even when even when CM Punk walked away, you know, he was mad that the, the doctors that were provided by the WWE, he didn't trust them. You know, he didn't trust them to have his best interests at heart because they were paid for by the WWE. And he figured that they were probably, um, you know, going to lean towards whatever made the WWE money. But at the same time, when we talk about like the the regional uh, times when wrestlers were really kind of on their own for healthcare, over the past 30 to 40 years, Vince has at least tried to provide something, you know, for his workers. And, and that that means something. And it's led to other innovations where, like, AEW provides comprehensive benefits packages. <laughs> you know? What it's also been able to do is a Legends contract to those that did so much for the corporation and the business as well. 
Yeah. You know, they, he knows some of them will have um, health concerns later on. Um, as of recent, um, Harley Race died not long ago, and he was, you know, an icon to a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. Um, as well known as to uh, general public, but he, Vince McMahon, ended up paying like his medical bills towards the end. He just didn't even ask. He's like, you need something covered. I got it. Hmm. I respect him in that regard that he does so much. Um, and he, and he does have a passion for, I mean, whatever his um, mind is set on. Unfortunately, this pandemic really drove him out of trying to run the XFL or kind of manage it. Cause I think he still was trying to run the show. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting to just, um, it's interesting to hear that, you know, it, it's now come down to uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson with his associates. And right. it doesn't seem like he's going to try and deviate too much from the rules that Vince McMahon had. He wanted to re give it a different view to football than what it's become. Uh, so he had different point systems set for, I think, touchdowns and field goals. Yeah. I think had a lot of people entertained. Um, and yeah. the kickoff was different. It wasn't like a normal kickoff. So I was like, all right. Mm. You know, I, it didn't seem like they lost viewership. I was definitely watching the game. Um, yeah. Go figure. You know, DC started <laughs> strong and then started getting weak again. Right. <laughs> you, you suck once more from them. Well, it's cool that they started keeping it all in-house, too. I mean, uh, that's just it's it's uh, it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, you know, one of the things that I was uh, when it comes to this pandemic, coming out of this pandemic is going to be similar. It's got it's going to have the similar ripple effects to, um, you know, nine eleven. In there are things that are going to change that we're not going to even be able to recognize right now in the moment um, because right. such a slower burn, you know, 9-11 was, it happened one day and then the reactions came for months and months. This is right. still happening and the after effects are going to continue to happen, you know? And I think yeah. that, um, it's kind of a smart move to buy this, uh, 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 um, this new uh, sports, uh, uh, league at this time because we're we're at a crossroads where a lot of economic things are going to um, change and it's not always going to be for the worse. You know, I could see a lot of uh, I, I could see a much wider um, interest in different avenues for professional sports um, than just the XFL uh, coming back because people are going. You know, some people are going to want to go to NFL games and that's fine. Some people are going to think that those are going to be too crowded so they're going to want to go to xfl games and that's fine and then some people are going to think that the xfl games are too crowded and so they're going to want to go to the arena football games that have never been well attended and that's fine and right arena football league still around i thought they folded they might have i don't know i haven't been paying attention to them (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like they had a i mean they had a slot on nbc on sundays for like a few years but i thought they folded to be honest ah but, but what I mean, there's going to be a wider, um, there's just going to be a ripple effect of changes. And I think that uh, with the character and personality that The Rock has, um, more so because he's younger than Vince. Uh, Vince is right. a guy. And uh, we can't hide from that. Like another point I made when my brother in law uh, asked me that, I, I said, one, I didn't think Vince would ever win the presidency because. 
much like what they did with Linda McMahon in, in um, when she ran for office in Connecticut, uh, they sort of just pulled out old Attitude Era stuff and was like, look at this. How can she say she's for family values when she produced this or help mm. this? And so, you know, um, people would use the narrative elements of his show against him uh, if he ran. But also, um, he's just not a young guy. And this is, I mean, let's be honest about this election. We're electing grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for real. We have a choice between one grandpa or another grandpa. And, right. and what we're really picking, what we're really looking at is the people behind the person. And, um, you know, one side's campaigning on, hey, let's keep it all the same. And if you like what we're what we're doing right now, this is how it's going to be for another four years. And the other side's campaigning on pretty much a Warren G. Harding return to normalcy. Um, Right. Which I'm not even that keen on a complete return to normalcy. But, you know, it's 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 hard not to want some kind of return to normalcy when we're sitting here with things so closed and with everything so uh, uh, different from what we would expect in a normal time, Mm -hmm. you know, that's true. Um, But then again, uh, you know, so when it came to Vince, I was like, he's, he's really old. And honestly, unlike these two guys who are running, I think he wants to spend time with his family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think he wants, like, I don't like, I, uh, basically what I said to my brother-in-law was I'd love to be able to vote for Vince, but uh, I don't think he'd ever do it. So, you know, in a couple of years, if Shane or Stephanie want to step up, um, I'm willing to look into what they have to say because right. that it doesn't matter what political party they're from. I think that they have done a very good job running a business. And uh, I think that they have had a, a good grasp on um, how, uh, that sort of Andrew Carnegie gospel of wealth idea of uh, when you have the money, you need to spread it around to the community around you. Um, and I think that that is uh, something that, that, that I, I feel like they understand both business and charity. And uh, I think that would help them to be able to, um, to, 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 to have a successful career in politics you know, I also think that because of the nature of the wrestling business, I, I say that it's the most democratic yet capitalistic um, industry there is, you know, because everything fo- y- y- you follow both what the crowd says, but also what they say with their money. You know, I mean, yeah, there's um, I mean, to kind of put it as democratic um, behind the power at a time, they did not want to put Daniel Bryan as a champion. Right. That's the but- the crowds would just not let up regardless of how much McMahon wanted to change their view of it. It's like, well, he's not worthy. He's not worthy. They're like, no, screw you. He is. He's more worthy than anybody. Give him the title. And, and, and to that same point, when we say, you know, the most uh, capitalistic, uh, what was the common thing that was chanted whenever John Cena wrestled? You suck. No, it was more, (laughs) it it was the other one. It was, yeah. Wait, so what was it? It was Let's Go Cena, and then you can say the other side, Flavius. You suck. No. <laughs> it was Let's Go Cena, and then the other side would respond, Cena sucks. Oh, so, same thing. He does. But that's the thing is you like you would have an active call and response where once it had nothing to do with the other guy in the ring. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. 
But why was Cena pushed, even though such a strong part of the crowd, he was supposed to be a face, and yet such a strong part of the crowd is going, Cena sucks. Why is he getting pushed? Mm, he had his money set on him. And you know he could still bank a lot. Because merch sales. Yeah, he had, he had yeah. <laughs> Superman image, they like that Eat Your Wheaties image, and they bought stuff with John Cena's face and phrases on it. Oh, right. all the damn time. The Smarks hate him, hated him, but the uh, kids loved him, and so he kept getting titles. It's the most democratic, like you said with Daniel Bryan, yet capitalistic, like with Cena, and now what's who's an, <laughs> connected to The Rock? Who's another one of your favorites, Flavius? <laughs> Jeff Hardy. No, he's he's. I, one know, I know who you're going for. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Roman Reigns gets the same treatment, you know. He's yes, he's yeah. Reigns. Reigns sucks. Yes, definitely. The, the Smarks hate him. They think he has not enough of a move set. They think he's one. He's he's one dimensional. They don't think he speaks well on the mic, and yet kids love him and his shirts sell. Speaking of Roman Reigns, why can't they in the XFL? I mean. I'm not saying why can't there, because you know there's still a possibility of having like an exhibition match between a bunch of wrestlers coming out. You know, Ricochet running around as a quarter, you know, as the uh, running back, and then Roman Reigns as the uh, quarterback that everyone lets get sacked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be really fun to watch. You know, <laughs> everyone wins. <laughs> well, well, the reason why they can't do it right now is because they've been keeping Roman Reigns away from everything because that whole leukemia thing. Oh, well. I had no clue what happened. So obviously, guys, I don't really follow uh, <laughs> wrestling as much as these two do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, you know, aside from little clips here and there, and like you know, uh, brief moments of passing by, and you know, the only thing I know about you know um, McMahon is the fact that you know on TV he looks like an ass. <laughs> meant for it to be that way. Right, exactly. So outside of that, I don't really know much. So it's really cool actually uh, going into this podcast because everything you talked about today, I had no clue. It's all... <laughs> <laughs> so just like the listeners, you know, I'm learning things and it's kind of neat. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. So to your view, Minnie, about um, oh, wait, let's try to tie it back to the um, Dwayne Rock Johnson's buyout, um, buying the XFL. Right. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, I think it's dope that, you know, like I said before, I mean, it's pretty cool that, you know, they're like, kind of staying in-house. And, I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, you know, like many other Americans and other people around the world, he's really, like, he's uh, not my favorite, but he's all up, you know, he's up there in, like, my list for actors. Like, he's, he's like, a really genuinely nice guy. He's charismatic. He's had a lot of good, uh, what do you got, um, good press and everything else. And, you know, the ratings show. He's, he he pulls people out. So for anybody to buy it out, I feel like the rock is an awesome choice. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to take it pretty far. And like you said, Jake, he's, he's still pretty young too. So I feel like he could morph this into something really, really good. Yeah. And he's, he seems to have a lot of good ideas too. And he's got a lot of celebrity backing and everything else. You know, people have a stereotypical view of, of wrestlers and they don't realize that some of these guys are extremely intelligent. Right. The guy who played Kane, who, um, like I said, Glenn I, Jacobs, huh? Glenn Jacobs, Glenn Jacobs. Um, behind the scenes, he's widely regarded as one of the smartest guys um, in the locker room. But uh, you know, for a good portion of the '90s, uh, when he first debuted, uh, Jerry the King Lawler delighted in calling him a name that um, I don't really enjoy because I, I teach special education. Um, mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, so I don't even want to say it, but, um, you know, the, the, his, his, they, they didn't even let him, they barely let him speak on the mic. He was just a, such an imposing presence that he would come out with his mask on and be, and be scary. And so you didn't even know how smart he was. And I think it's the same with the rock where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have this, um, preconceived notion of, of, of wrestlers and they don't realize how, how intelligent they are and how, um, and I think the podcasts have really helped that honestly, because you, you, you listen to the podcast, the wrestling podcasts, and a lot of them are very uh, eloquent and well-spoken mm-hmm. when they get on the mic. So then you have Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> he belongs right where he belongs. <laughs> and then he just goes right back down. <laughs> so, so to tie no, up- but, um, they, they are, they are very smart. And um, I mean, I think to, it really shows, I mean, uh, Rusev just recently quit, and um, anybody would follow him on, I don't know, YouTube or such. Like, he's a very smart guy, and he is actually trying to make a professional go at just being on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. So, nothing that you would expect from hearing him speak. You're like, oh, he, he sounds like a musclehead. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. Well, and his wife speaks with a Russian accent on WWE programming, and she was born in the United States. Nice. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> because he's from Bulgaria, and she started out as his manager. <laughs> so uh, they made her out to be the ravishing Russian, and it's like, oh, but when you look her up, it's like, oh, she was born in the United States um, and, and has lived here her, her entire life, but she's married to Rusev. And, um, I think she's only half Russian also. Yeah, but even that, she's not a she. It's just a fake accent, right? <laughs> it's it's very is at least a good fake accent. Kind of, it like sometimes will fade, and it's just like oh, fail. Also, I don't know why I'm asking two people who aren't Russian that question. <laughs> because oh. I, well, to my defense, I took a Russian history class for a summer. Guys, guys, I, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just start that out there i decided to look her up uh first off she's the same age as me uh, that that makes me feel like i <laughs> um that's a different story there yeah, get it together jake <laughs> it says she spent several while she was born in gainesville florida she spent several years of her childhood in the latvian ssr where her father worked as a missionary oh. and her family she, she and her family remained in latvia after it restored its independence from in 1991, so she she does have early childhood experience living in um, Soviet satellite states. That's pretty cool. So I guess I was <sighs> wrong. What? <laughs> We're all human, Jake. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it happens. No worries. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think it's a uh, honestly the news that The Rock is is buying the XFL makes me uh, more interested in watching because he is um, he's good at marketing, and I really want to see how he's going to remarket this. Yeah. I'd like to know what if there's any new set of cities that might have a team. Yeah, um, or what's going to happen. Um, with the teams that they had, are you know they're going to try and rebrand um, some of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see how it comes out. I'm um, assuming they're going to try and 
start around the same time as they did technically this year. I think mm-hmm. like probably yeah. last week of February, if not just start of March. Yeah. And he might hold the same 10-week season. Um, You know, see how it kind of – see how the market is about it again, see what deals he makes, whether he also gets a deal with Fox or such or whatever. Um, It'll be interesting. It's also a smart idea to avoid – going straight up against the NFL for now. Yeah, I wish Trump had figured that out back in the USFL. (laughs) Some would say he's still a little bit bitter against the NFL for that because he technically won the lawsuit but was only awarded a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Serves him right. Serves him right. Um, All right, so... uh... I guess this is the time for Minnie and I to rock, paper, scissors this. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> Hold on, this might be easier. I'm guessing of a number between 1 through 10. All right, Jake, go for it. Uh, I always just hit the 5. I'll go lucky number 7. Damn, okay, you got it, Minnie. Ah, lucky number <laughs> 7. <laughs> Surprise, because I usually don't even use that number. Dang, well done. Uh. <laughs> Typically, I can't count up to that number, so you know, hey, I'm surprised too. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, you know, it's 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 nice I get to go uh, first here because it's, it's uh, going off of what Jake said a little bit ago. Um, you know, uh, seeing how we move forward from this pandemic, um, you know, in, in in a facet, you know, a number of facets of like uh, different ways that everything else is going to change. I think automation is going to be a big change as well. I feel like we're going to see a boom in that. Um, and, you know, aptly so, my, uh, my topic here is robots. Um, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about what to go with, and I thought that uh, going into a quick research on what the coolest robots are would be a pretty sweet thing to go into. And I found quite a bit of ones. Um, is any of them Wally? Like 2016. What's that? Is any of them Wally? No, but I do okay. love Wally. All right. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. I'm sure, if, you know, I mean, it's pretty much already there. We have trash compactors that just don't move by themselves yet. <laughs> do they? You know, I haven't found that yet. You know, I, I haven't researched that one yet, but I can go back. Um, <laughs> but they date back to like 2016, and there's a bunch of them. Um, there's eight of them that I'm like, you know, going to jump into here. Um, and feel free to stop me whenever something like really interests you, which, you know, hopefully is all of them. But, uh, <laughs> Um, starting off the top, we're going to go with this, uh, this dog essentially, um, called Ibo, Ibo, A-I-B-O. It's from Sony. Now, growing up in the nineties, I remember something called like Pooch, Poochie or Poocho or something like that. That was like a nineties little robot dog that didn't really do much. It was kind of cute, you know? And from what I remember, it just didn't stop yapping. Um, Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could do like a flip or something like that. Yeah. It, anyway, jump over into it and then flip. Right, exactly. Um you had a little bone you could give it, you know, it was cute. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But uh jump to twenty eighteen where Sony launched Ibo and currently now you can buy it. Um I think it's hitting America in September. Um for three thousand dollars. Oh screw that. Yeah, a little so price. Getting an Ibo. Yeah, <laughs> but it is pretty cool. I mean, this dog is, uh, so it looks like a robot dog. You know, however you want to imagine that in your head, it probably looks pretty similar. 
Um, the cool part is it's got, of course, AI nowadays um, growing at what it's, you know, that the rate is growing. So this dog has AI and it can recognize its owner's face and its voice. And the crazy part about that is it adapts to its behavior, the person's behavior. So if you, you know, just kind of lays around all the time, it'll start to adopt your, I guess, yeah, personality. Um, so if you just hang out all day, it'd probably just hang out all day too. If you're pretty active, you're more than likely going to see this dog become more active. Um, but if you're crazy... aggressive, are you going to see this dog become kind of like the, the current misconception about pit bulls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a possibility because of the next part that's really cool and also kind of scary is the AI algorithm that's connected to the cloud, um, hmm. meaning that all the IBOs learn collectively. Um, creepy. Yeah, a little creepy. But uh, so, <laughs> you know, there's a curve, though, when you're talking about the mean, the median and the mode, um, so long as the, uh, you know, mean of the people who can afford a $3,000 robot dog are all <laughs> generally <laughs> nice people. This dog is probably going to be pretty nice, you know, in, in, in experience. But um, yeah, and uh, so it can recognize about 100 faces or, you know, just a bit over and respond to them, too. So that's another crazy bit, too, is, uh, you know, what if uh, you're out in the street and this Ibo recognizes you as another Ibo um you know, I guess, uh, owner. Right. <laughs> so that'd be interesting. You just see this robot dog like barking at the window for some reason. And like, oh, look at that. There's John over there who also owns an Ibo. Not, yeah. <laughs> not to be paranoid, but I'm just thinking of that Order 66 scene in the um, in the Star Wars movies now. And like, I think it's the second one or the third one where they, where they kill all the Jedi. Uh, right. Second one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, just the idea of all these all these dogs with the with the AI. I don't know. We just there's too much media out there that makes it a little bit creepy. Not not scary, but just creepy. No, absolutely, but also kind of scary. Um, <laughs> we like look at I, I Robot. It was one of my favorite movies, and that's all yeah, about AI. That's what I was thinking. Thank you. Right. I mean, I couldn't help myself, but think about iRobot this entire time when I was reading all these articles or reading the article and like, you know, going through all these products. But, um, you know, we'll get to that here soon too, because there's some, uh, there's some freaky ones and I'll save that one for the last. But, uh, so moving on next is Honda's Asimo, A-S-I-M-O. Um, it's probably one of the most advanced humanoid robots. Um, they started this project in the late nineties, maybe 99. Um, and since then it, uh, grew and boy did it grow um before it started off as just like this uh it was just two legs pretty much that they learned to walk terribly um it was a stumble over <laughs> place it was really top heavy with the uh, machinery that they had to like you know put in place for it to move uh, it didn't you know go so well then you know jump over a couple of years and then now it walks better jump a little head and now it's learning to walk up and down stairs um nice. To do that as a human seems pretty easy. As a robot, you can understand that uh, it's it's not just like a quick, you know, uh, input of, of numbers. You know, it's 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 a lot more in depth than that, especially when you start to get to um, out of its own stage. You know, so if you have this robot on a stage and have it walking up the same stairs, you know, up and down, that's that's one thing. But when you introduce this robot out into the world and it uses its computer eyes to uh see stairs and then 
autonomous, you know, autonomously walk them. That that becomes this like really interesting perspective. Like it's just like it's just really cool to me. Robots have always been cool. Science has been cool, but like that's equally cool and equally terrifying just because the way that AI works. Um, so this, yeah, so this robot walks on two legs. Um, they put a body onto it, um, and the body was massive um, before. Now it's, uh, it's, it's slimmed down, and thankfully so, because now they have added the autonomous, uh, how, how would you say that word? Um, autonomousness? Sure, I'm a scientist. Um, <laughs> so now this, uh, this robot is no longer massive, walking around and understanding how to walk around. The crazy part is now they added other stuff so it can interact with humans and everyday objects. So they got this robot to kick a soccer ball, um, got this robot into the net with a, with a goalie. Um, not well, but still was able to do it. Um, they're able to make this robot bartend, like, uh, you know, pick up, a, pick up a glass, pour it into a, a drink, and then bring it to you. Oh, man, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, right. Soon, soon. I'm telling you, and everything is going to go on on top. You know, you know, into uh, uh, just robotics, and it's kind of cool and kind of terrifying. I was talking to a coworker of mine about it, and um, sooner or later, uh, you know, maybe between our great great grandchildren's time, that humans are going to become the obsolete ones. You know, <laughs> and it, well, that's that, a scary bit. That was actually an interesting um, positing in because I. You know, we all know uh, Dan Brown from the Da Vinci Code and how that was controversial because, you know, it, it was a fictional book that made uh, the allegation that, that uh, what was it, uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene got married and had kids. And so right. what they were trying to protect was, and by the way, guys, spoiler for, uh, uh, you know, over, I think, 13 or 14 year old book. Um <laughs> But uh, in the end, it turns out they're trying to protect Jesus's bloodline in his descendants. So mm -hmm. one of the main characters in the book turns out to be a great, 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 great granddaughter or something of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, so that's always the one that they remember. But I'm bringing it up because his most recent book was called uh, Origin. Same character, Robert Langdon. Um, but in the end of the book. Uh, and now it's spoilers for a relatively newer book, but if you <laughs> if you were going to read the book, you'd probably have already read it because it's been out for a while. Um, but in, in that one, um, the controversy that he spends his time trying to figure out is this guy is talking about the idea of creation of life and, um, and, and stuff like that. And so the, there's elements of the church that would be against, uh, you know, proving the big bang or something like that and um in the end of the book it turns out it's not that he can prove the big bang happened it's that he 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 has a presentation that's all about how when it comes to the creation of life in a certain way tech and ai is humanity uh sort of uh sort of taking on the work of of, of god and creating some kind of attempt or facsimile at at our life um, in robotics and in uh, technology. Um, mm. I found to be interesting, especially when it comes to this Asimo robot and the idea of, of, of people uh, losing their jobs to automation. Um, I will say that when it comes to this Asimo robot, as of 2012, uh, it did cost 
2.5 million dollars so right yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit of a steeper price than even ibo <laughs> right, yeah. right and then there's another one that, uh, you know going up into this that uh the price ranges do uh do vary quite a bit up into the um unaffordable <laughs> oh you mean like this one <laughs> yeah exactly like this one and then you know pretty much the rest of them down the line <laughs> right so, you know, so we're talking about, you know, you know, autonomy and everything else. And uh, Asimo is, is close, but also like, you know, not very, you know, there's a possibility in the future. But as of right now, it's it's more just like a show off that you have three million dollars to spend on a robot. Yeah. Um, TH3 is a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, functional, if you will. And uh, TH3 by Toyota. Um, is the third um, third generation of this human robot uh, program that is kind of like a hybrid. So you know how they have like motion capture suits and stuff like that. And then of course, like VR, you put on the goggles and like, you know, you get into this little like booth and you play this game. It's very much similar with the TH3. Um, a person can go inside and essentially um, man this robot uh, remotely. Um and it's really cool for like uh you know certain things that like you know you shouldn't be doing as a human like messing around with chemicals all the time or like you know going into like a place that's like uh filled with toxic gas or hell even going to the grocery store and buying groceries you know through this pandemic <laughs> um i'm not entirely sure uh how far its uh, capabilities are but um it's got a huge uh it's got a huge list of what it can and cannot do um most mostly can do not so much can't do um it's going to be between like cleaning, construction, um, caregiving, even, and then simple just companionship, like having a robot friend uh, that can speak to you through either microphone or just kind of you know speak to you, I guess, as a robot. Um, let's, let's which be, is a pretty cool one. Let's be, What's that? All three of us watch variations on Gundam. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> this is really just uh, getting two giant robots that we can control through our motion from inside the robot. So G Gundam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the entire time. I'm glad one of you guys said. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, G Gundam. By the way, I wish I was uh, Gundam Germany. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Shadow Gundam. His look, his looked the coolest. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but back to your you were saying. <laughs> so I mean that pretty much covers for TH3. Um, I mean it's pretty cool. But the next one from Boston Dynamics, its name is Spot. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have uh, actually seen before on like videos or like you know, Instagram or whatever. It's that ro- like it's, it looks kind of like a animal that's on four legs, but its body is like flat, right? It's the one that you see kind of like just funnily walking walking everywhere. It's got like a weird kind of like a gait, if you will. Um, which is really cool. I mean, um, NASA has actually been looking into uh, adopting um, this, uh, this uh, what do you call it, uh, robot and doing it for like a space exploration, which is really cool for like everything else as well. Um, this thing is price tag is, is, uh, is up there. It's $70,000. Dang. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's so you can send this like robot anywhere. It can uh, carry stuff through pretty much warfare. Um, it'll go through anything because it doesn't have to breathe you know and it can go deep into the depths of caves and everything else where it wouldn't really be safe for anybody else to go into and it's uh this is more like a recon device than anything else or like a a carrier package like you know uh, supply drops and everything else 
So with that, I mean, that that would be, you know, I feel like a lot of things could be, you know, it, could, it has a huge capability. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list would go on. Um, <laughs> if we tried to list things, we'd just spend the rest of the time listing them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we're just going to stop listing that and then going on to the next robot, the Samsung Bot Retail. Now, the Bot Retail is not the only one that Samsung has of its, um, I guess lineup they have a uh, other other things as well the bot clean which the bot air or something like that i can't remember the names um chef bot chef yep uh bot bartender pretty much uh this like these little robots that kind of just you know drive themselves around they look like trash cans but like cute trash cans um so <laughs> and you know they, they actually do are like wally yeah these exactly are the closest thing to wally that we're gonna get to um <laughs> The bot retail, for example, is is a is a, is a little robot that goes around a retail store, and has a you know if if you ask it questions, it could bring you to wherever your uh, um, product was on the shelf. And being that I used to work in a supermarket, um, it it wasn't I I didn't find all the products as soon as the uh, customers asked me, and it made it you know frustrating for both of us. So having a robot that can do that better than I can, you know, you know that's by design though, right? Uh, yeah, sure, you know, but uh, you would think by design I'd be able to do that too. Because <laughs> the more shit you walk by, the more likely you are to see something that go, oh, I need that too. And so you buy more if it's harder to find what you're looking for. Oh, see, that that's clever. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because it works, man. I can't leave a store without buying Pringles. All right? <laughs> you serious? And I always... I always pass the Pringles, man, or just chips in general. I'm, you know, I like I like my snack foods. It's fine. I go to this one little store and they got poor grinds. Oh, it never yeah. fails. It never fails. Yeah. <laughs> Design. But um, you do. What's that? Sorry, go uh, go for it, Jake. Oh no, I was just saying the the stores are designed to make you do that to 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 drag you past the things that you. Uh, uh, might want so that you might buy them and just increase revenue for the store. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's the finest. You know? And everyone wins, really. I mean, I win because I get to, like, shove my face with, like, sweets and salts. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> True. And if I keep doing that, I gotta go to my doctor, you know, and he, he's gonna profit off of it. And... <laughs> right. And then, you know... There's also, since the, 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 you know, depending on your situation, the insurance company is going to profit off of it. The, uh, you know, there's just profit to be had everywhere. <laughs> right. Because, you know, yeah. I'm not going to listen to my doctor, you know, and then the funeral home will have to profit off that. <laughs> is it not listening to the doctor that made you lose a tooth also? What's that now? Was it not listening to your doctor that made you look like a pirate? No, see, what happened was I never went to the dentist uh, for that in general. <laughs> and now I look like a pirate. But um, I also did go to the dentist and not listen to them anyway, which messed up the rest of my teeth. It's because, as Seinfeld would say, you're an anti-dentite. Ah! Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh I'm an anti-dentite. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that can go back. Right? Make it more affordable, and I'll jump right back in. <laughs> True. <laughs> on, to the next, on to the next robot. <laughs> on to the next robot. We have Houston Mechatronics with the Aquanaut. And as its name might suggest, it sounds like a Transformer because it pretty much is a Transformer. Um, it's dope. It's super cool. If you haven't seen the pictures yet, uh, Flavius, 
or Jake, definitely check that out. Well, I keep my computer with me, so I'm looking up the pictures now. Yeah, look it up because the Aquanaut is super cool. Um, it's like the name suggests, supposed to go in the water. Um, it's a it's a machine that can turn into like a submarine and then switch into like human mode, pretty much. And it's got his arms, and his arms are really cute looking. You know, it's got this, like super cool little robot arms, and um, it can go into the depths that uh, would be pretty hard for us to go into as it is. And it also wouldn't have to worry about sharks biting it, or at least damaging it as much as it would damage us. Um, dolphins, though, dude. Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. Can't mess around with dolphins. They stay clear away. They you have know? a hard bottle nose to punch the crap out of sharks. Right. <laughs> and possibly the aquanaut. Right. <laughs> They'll also really try to hump you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I heard that too. <laughs> Never. Maybe they should put a function of the aquanaut that'll hump back. You know? <laughs> I will say the aquanaut, I can't... I mean... Based on the pictures I'm looking at, because I'm only looking at pictures, it could be steel, it could be hard plastic. If it's steel, and and I don't think it would need to be steel if they're going to to it would something it would have to be something harder than plastic to go into like really deep depths, right? The pressure systems, right? Exactly. Um, you know, we're joking about dolphins right now, but I doubt it would have much uh, much to fear. Um, right, <laughs> I feel like they would hit it with their bottle nose and then realize, oh crap, this isn't a shark, and and probably go away. Right, let me leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. That thing hurts to swim into full speed. Yeah, it looks like it would. I mean, and I, it also looks like it could hit back. So I wouldn't mess with it if I was uh, an aquatic animal. So this is going out to all aquatic animals that are <laughs> podcast. Don't mess with the aquanaut. <clears throat> well, um, you, you, and then, you never know. Aquaman might be fine. Aquaman might be fine, but you know he might try to like talk to it for a while, you know, to no avail. He's also most likely fictional, <laughs> mostly, <laughs> but also highly likely not fictional. <laughs> I mean, how much of the oceans do we really know? We know less than like two percent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very little. Yeah, it's a small number. <laughs> You know, I mean, Atlantis, you know, it, it can or can't be there. I'm not telling anybody to go diving for me, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. So now we go pushing into the last two, which are the most creepy, in my opinion, of the robots. Um, Osaka University in Japan, obviously, where pretty much all our robots are coming from. Thank you, Japan. Um, called the CB2. It's not very new. It was uh, developed back in like 2007 as a way to uh, study neurological development in human babies. And um, that's what it is. It's a baby that uses facial recognition and it can understand physical and emotional reactions. Um, It's a creepy looking baby that's got sensors under its rubber skin that respond to being stroked or cuddled and... um, possibly anything a little more violent than that as well so yeah uh super creepy baby but they have a baby and it's pretty realistic um from what i remember i'm throwing the picture back up on my on my phone here um i don't know yeah you might be no no not realistic at all right never mind that's what creeped me out about it if you guys look up the cb2 prepared to have your nightmares fueled um (laughs) does it look like chucky it, it looks like a less murdered version of that kid from The Grudge. 
absolutely that. I mean, that's yeah. 100% what it looks like. And it is absolutely as long as it doesn't look like Chucky, I'm good. Um, no, but for me, it's the name, that CB2. Always reminds me of that movie. Uh, you guys ever see the movie CB4 with Chris Rock? No, I can't say I have. It's kind of like uh, 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 the story, before he was ever famous, it's kind of like the story of Rick Ross, but told in the form of a uh, of a NWA type rap group. So basically, like Rick Ross got his name, he was a prison guard and people speculate that he got his actual name from the real cocaine dealer, Freeway Ricky Ross. Oh. And... Um, the thing about uh, uh, CB4 is in that uh, Chris Rock's kind of like this uh, this nerdy kid who uh, idolizes. Uh, I think I think the 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 true hard ass uh, uh, person that he's modeling his persona after is played by um, Charlie Murphy. Um, I haven't seen the movie in years, but basically it's kind of like he models himself after this person played by charlie murphy and then charlie murphy realizes it and is trying to extort him for money or something like that um i'd have to go and look up hmm. the movie but every time i hear cb something uh, i think of cb4 the movie with uh, chris rock from 1993 hmm. um yeah uh the, the yeah um <laughs> sorry it's, it, I'm, I'm just looking at it. it's pretty much that it's these three kids who make the rap group and then um who is it where is it where is it where is it charlie murphy is gusto the an actual gangster who has identity his identity stolen by albert and swears to take revenge on him so gusto is chris rock the main character um yeah. and, and, and it's basically that 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 same thing where it's uh it's kind of like rick ross um and it has uh, cameos by Ice T, Halle Berry, Ice Cube, Flavor Flav, Shaq, Easy E, Tommy Davidson, and then for some freaking weird reason, <laughs> the band The Butthole Surfers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Man, that is a lineup. When you have both the ices on, yeah. you got something good. Wow. And Easy E, right? Uh, I think somewhere right before he died. I think Easy E died in 93 or 94. Oh, 95. Mm-hmm. So it's two years before he died. Now, if you had Vanilla Ice in there too, creating the Holy Trinity, that'd be something else, you know. <laughs> I just find it weird. Nobody else is. Nobody's gonna remember the Butthole Surfers by name, but if they've ever heard the song Pepper, um... <laughs> hold on. Are you pulling it up for us now? Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the song Pepper. Either. No, about um, about uh, um, what's it called? Rights, but it's that one that goes, uh, Mikey got with Sharon, Sharon got Cherie, she was Sharon, Sharon's outlook on the topic of disease. Mikey had a facial scar, and Bobby was a racist. They were all in love with dying, and they were doing it in Texas. Tommy played piano like a kid out in the rain, then he lost his leg in Dallas. He was dancing like a train. They were all in love with dying, they were drinking from a fountain that is pouring like an avalanche coming down the mountain. Um, you know, the I don't mind the sun sometimes, the images it shows. I can taste you on my lips and smell you in my clothes. Cinnamon and sugary and softly spoken lies. You never know just how you look through other people's eyes. And the reason why I'm, I'm reading it fast and saying it like that is because I'm not trying to um, step on the, uh, the band. Copyright infringement, right? <laughs> infringe on their, their, their rights. I just want people to know what the band I'm talking about is. And really, 
he spends he he sings the chorus, but he spends the rest of the song talking, kind of like William Shatner. Uh, oh God! Nice. <laughs> terrible when he does that. Uh. Yeah, it's it's not it's 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 very different from William, William Shatner, but it's just like he, he like the verses are talking, the the choruses are sung. Mm, um, interesting. If I, I remember a song from the Butthole Strippers on a Guitar Hero uh, game once, but that's that. Outside of that, you know, I don't remember many Butthole Strippers. I don't think it was Pepper. <laughs> Pepper's not. Mm. Pepper's that one. that's like dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Not ringing a bell, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell, and it probably won't for many. But <laughs> so, what's your last robot now? Yeah, what's the last? So the last, last robot is the most terrifying one. Her name is Sophia. <laughs> now, Sophia is was designed to look, or at least resemble Audrey Hepburn. Oh, um, <laughs> with no hair. <laughs> with no hair. Yeah, exactly. So it didn't really get the full appeal, right? <laughs> And I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but in 2016, um, or if remembers this at all, there was like a, there was this robot who declared that she would destroy humans. Um, it was supposed to be like a technical glitch. Um, who really knows what actually happened? But those words coming out of her mouth in a very robotic and terrifying way, while she kind of made faces, was a little unnerving. And um, at the conference, uh, nobody was really expecting it. A lot of people laughed it off. But um, yeah, so that's the AI part that was kind of like uh, creepy. Uh, <laughs> and she, so the cool part about her too is that she is the world's first robot citizen. So in 2017, Sophia was granted Saudi Arabian citizenship. So there is a robot in the world that has citizenship. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, right. <laughs> wow. She better not piss off that prince. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> he dismembers people in his consulate in other countries. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> makes me want to go visit. <laughs> so yeah, so what makes Sophia cool too, though, is like the fact that she's able to like, she's capable of making realistic expressions and actually have conversations with her AI, um, just normal conversations with any passerby, any human, pretty much. So she has to have at least, uh, you know some knowledge with like you know not not just just you know straight up dictionary and and numbers but also like events and everything else so she's connected to the internet and if any ai is connected to the internet as we've seen in comic books and the movie um you know ultron is kind of terrifying <laughs> yeah but danger is an awesome x-man absolutely <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, especially voiced um, – oh, man, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Dropped the name there. Um, I wasn't expecting to, to pull this. Um, who's Ultron voiced by in this in this past movie? Um, um, oh, James Spader. James Spader, thank you. And he's got a fantastic voice. So if Ultron was real and had his voice, you know, I might be okay with him um, extinguishing some human life. He just sounds really cool. I'd let it happen, you know? <laughs> I, I think I think even with his smooth voice, I'd still be a little bit upset if he started, you know, killing people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. But, you know, at least it's like robots killing people, not killing people, killing people. You know, we got something different. <laughs> Very true. I like. Change. Yeah, but then we're moving into, you know, Terminator slash Matrix territory. 
Yeah, well, we all deserve it, you know? <laughs> if, if we're trying to create new things like AI and then have robots running around when we, when we, you know, when we never told them to, without, instead of canning that project, you know, and instead furthering it, we're kind of like digging our own hole here. Um, well, I don't know, though, because that's why, that's why the origin uh, book by uh, Dan Brown was so fascinating was, you know, it's, it's that idea where we say we're digging our own hole because we imagine that they will have the same uh, moral turpitude as, as the rest of us. Uh, True. But at the same time, um, you know, in, in essence, as the creator race or whatever, our position above that AI, or, uh, not above, but our position with regard to that AI, AI is um, similar to um, is similar to you know our relationship to, and I'm not going to presume other people's religious beliefs, but our relationship to our creators. Right. Whether we think they are poly, whether we are polytheistic or monotheistic, you know, it's it's that relationship between creator and created. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we I think it makes an interesting narrative to say, oh, yeah, they're just going to start killing us. But um, at the same time, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> right. You know, Sophia alone probably couldn't take out the entire world, you know, and hopefully there's only one of Sophia that want to destroy all humans other than Bender um, and a few other robots, but uh, them all being fish and Sophia being the only one that is actually a citizen. I said Bender enjoys humans too much. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't really destroy all humans, or if he did, he'd say fry. So, (laughs) (laughs) And maybe Leela. Yeah, Leela's pretty cool, but she's hardly human. But then (laughs) dated uh, um, Amy in the picture. Oh yeah, on comedy, right. he dated Amy. Absolutely, he did. You know, and wow, he and Fry are Eskimo brothers. Oh, <laughs> that's what you use. Uh, he, he and Fry are. Uh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't use that term. He and Fry are are, are, are kissing cousins, I guess. There you go. <laughs> we can kind of use that word. It's um, <laughs> the same thing. I'm just I, I I'm just trying to change the term. I guess I don't know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, and also, if you guys haven't watched what, uh, Futurama, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, Absolutely. It's probably my favorite uh, when it comes to cartoons. But um, yeah, so I mean, you know, outside of the, the list here that we just went down, I'm sorry it took so long. But oh, uh, sorry. any other thoughts you had on like automation, you know, you know, autonomy of any robots just kind of like taking over like the brunt of a lot of what's going, you know, like a, a lot of the jobs in general. Um, to be honest, I just prefer they would not try to attach this AI to the general conversation of, of internet and social media. Um, yeah. You know, like, I feel like the AI is better off not exposed to that side of things. Like, you can expose them to the, the, the vast wealth of knowledge right. without having to uh, sort of uh, also expose them to the darkest sides of like 4chan and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real though. Um, yeah. If it starts to string on a Reddit, you know, we, we might have some issues too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, I, yeah. So, um, 
when it comes to the AI and it comes to the tech, I think there's, I think there's interesting application, but I think we're still um, some years away from say having a, a, a data um, on Star Trek, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and here, but to be honest, here's one of my favorite AIs in, in, in uh, 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 different media. And so if you really wanted to uh, model some AI after data, it's not a, it, I, I enjoyed some narrative elements of his stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just don't uh, scorch the sky and, and uh, force us to be batteries like in the matrix. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're going to make some laws, you know, robotic laws, make it more than three. I think three is not enough. (laughs) And that's where I think that's tied to uh, Asimo's namesake, Isaac Asimov. Yep, and his three laws of robotics were, I think, what they usually use. Yep, but you know that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, it'll be a long time before we see um, full uh, full autonomy and um, robots walking across the street with us. <laughs> but I would like to live that long to see it happen, <laughs> or at least you know, maybe time travel. <laughs> you know, because that's that's got to be a thing soon, right? <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like we'll know time travel when we create time travel. <laughs> my my thought process is the second you make a time machine, I'm sure that'll just be a portal for anybody front and back to time travel too. I guess not back, but you know. Well, there are so many different things. Bringing back the Futurama example, didn't um, Professor Farmsworth invent a time machine that could only travel forward because if it traveled backwards, it would it would create a uh, singularity. It only travel right. forward, and they realized, ah, crap, we, we traveled too far forward, and so they decided to see the end of time, and then it just, it, it all, like, everything compressed back into the singularity, and then, boom, let it yep. back outward again, so they just went through and got to the time that they had left, except for, I think they, I think they had to do it more than once, because one of because one of them, maybe it was Fry messed up, or something like that. Yeah, and I think they had to go back, like, all throughout, maybe three or four times, because they messed up, you know, equally so. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <sighs> and, uh, looks like we lost Flavius again. But uh, so, Jake, if you want to go into <laughs> your topic here, <laughs> I'm all ears, man. All right. So um, I started and, 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 and you'll notice we all sort of have taken different aspects of this, you know, uh, or, or social mm-hmm. events that are going on. So, you know, Flavius went with um sort of uh sports and 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 where they're going coming out of the pandemic and and Mm -hmm. a big event that's happening right now uh you sort of went you went with uh science and automation Mm -hmm. um you know all of those robots have different applications that are going to and and i think that there are a lot of things that are going to come out of this pandemic uh that we're not really uh noticing yet i i pointed out i've been pointing out to people and maybe this is just self-serving wishful thinking because i'm a teacher um, but coming up, we're going to have a time period where, uh, overcrowding of schools is going to take on a much different, uh, perspective, um, yeah. because now with the pandemic going on and once the pandemic is behind us, parents are going to be less, more reluctant to send their kids to an overcrowded school. And right. so one of the things that I think is going to have to happen is they're going to have to incentivize teaching so that more teachers come because we were talking about a teacher shortage before this pandemic. And yeah. now afterward, parents aren't going to want their kids 
in overcrowded classrooms and stuff like that. And so you, in order to accommodate that, you either have to have kids in school less time to uh, sort of mix up a schedule where, you know, maybe some kids are in on Monday, different kids are in on Tuesday, different kids are in on Wednesday. Or right. if you're trying to accommodate everyone equally, you need more teachers. Yep. So they're going to have to incentivize that, which which sounds good to, you know, someone like me, but maybe that's my wishful thinking. But I feel like that's some that's another area where it's going to come out of this pandemic. And so, um, yeah, but I'm sort of <laughs> switching gears. And instead of being about the pandemic, um, you know, we have had a period of time where there was uh, unrest in the in the wake of, of George Floyd. And there were there were things that were going on. And, and I don't think they've really gone away, but they've become less focused. And, and I often think that um, when we have these times, when we have things that lead to uh, much more, much larger instances of civil unrest, um, there's less patience for the actual change. And, and instead, we sort of start to clamor for, um, to reuse a term from the, uh, from earlier, uh, we, mm-hmm. we clamor for that return to normalcy. And, yeah. um, and, and it bothers me. Um, it bothers me because I don't think we're addressing the issues that are being brought up, I, you know, okay, so since the whole uh, George Floyd um, catalyst and the protests that, that, that came out of that, where George Floyd wasn't the, the actual thing they were talking about, he was the catalyst, he was the spark. Right. If we were to equate it to World War I, George Floyd was the, um, was the, uh, 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 Archduke Ferdinand, whose death sets things off, but mm-hmm. is not the focus of what's happening. World right. War One was about so many different things, and Archduke Ferdinand's death is just the spark. And kind of mm-hmm. similar with George Floyd, where he his death is the spark. Um, right. And and I feel like are just in in the wake of protests, in the wake of pandemics, they're sort of clamoring for normalcy, and and it, and it bugs mm-hmm. me because I've grown up. I, I guess I, you know, I like to write things out. And so I, I when I started mm-hmm. my thoughts, the first thing I thought of was our own president and the way he uh, announced his campaign, particularly the passage in the beginning of his speech, where he says, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best, not sending mm-hmm. you, they're not sending you. And when he says that twice, he's talking about the people that he's talking to in the room. Is they're right. sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're bringing, they're raping. And some, I assume, are good people. And mm-hmm. the problem I have with that is because um, increasingly over my lifespan, that has become the dog whistling that I, it, it's supposed to speak to me because I have become lumped in as yeah. a white person. Right. You know? And it ignores my family history. Um, so my, my family history is that I am uh, uh, the child of, uh, I'm, I'm the fourth generation, you know, so I have, my parents were, were born here, my grandparents were born here, my great-grandparents came over here. Um, right. My great-grandparents <clears throat> were immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of four uh, sets. So I had one set on my mom's mom's side that was was here before that. But other than that, um, my 
mom's father's parents were immigrants from Italy. My dad's, both, both my dad's grandparents, both sets of my dad's grandparents, mom's side and dad's side, were immigrants from Poland. Mm-hmm. And there is a, um, there's an image that I used to teach about immigration at that time when I'm teaching, and it's called the Unrestricted Dumping Ground. It was drawn by a man named uh, Louis Dalrymple. Hmm. I'm reading that right. Yeah, Louis Dalrymple, and uh, it was printed. And what it is, uh, I'll describe it, and you can look it up if you if you choose. Uh, it was in Judge Magazine back in the early 1900s, and there's a big square tube that is labeled direct from the slums of Europe daily. And there's a ship hmm. that is also uh, also has the, the basically what's coming out of the tube are rats, and yeah. Um, there's a ship that also has rats coming out of, off of it, obviously an ocean liner, obviously bringing them from somewhere else. Uh, and they're sort of just running past uncle Sam as he leans on a flag and smokes a cigar. And in the cigar smoke is Warren G Harding, who is one of our presidents who was, who was killed. Um, and he was killed, I believe by a, um, a, uh, Let me just look it up real quick to be a hundred percent sure. Right. Um, he was killed. Oh no! Never mind. He was not killed. Oh. <laughs> well, that, changes, that changes things. <laughs> I don't know why he's. Maybe it's just because he's uh, uh, maybe it's just because he was a recent president. Maybe I'm getting the president wrong um, when I look at this uh, uh, image. Um, but it's supposed to be someone who's connected to immigration, and um, really the 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 main part of the image that I'm that I'm focusing on is that. These are very stereotypical. These are rats with human faces. Right. And the human faces are brown. And they are wearing hats and bandanas and stuff that say socialist, anarchist. They're carrying guns and knives. The guns say murder, the knife, mm-hmm. assassination. The other label on some of the hats that goes along with one of the rats is actually wearing a. Um, basically an Italian flag is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the point I, I, I make when I teach with this is you look at that speech, that speech where it says they're not, they're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems right. with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're bringing rapists. That is not a new message. That is what they were saying about immigrants in the early 1900s. And then we cut now yeah. and they're still saying that about immigrants. And, yeah, you know, it, 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 we use that term "dog whistle." What we mean is, it's a dog whistle because while it may, you're not going to eliminate criminal elements from uh, 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 from anything. We from the entire yeah, let alone yeah, the entire country. <laughs> um, but when you imply that that's what they're bringing, and then you sort of just kind of add, and some I assume are good people. I would say, you know, it, it comes down to now 
you know, some people are going to look at what I'm saying and go, well, you were just, you were talking about six, no. Yeah, six immigrants out of millions. So, of course, yours can be included in the some I assume are good people. Mm -hmm. To me, as someone who looks at this cartoon and goes, oh, that's my, that's, he's talking about my ancestors. He's talking about right. grandparents or my great grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying about them. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a message that's still being sent. And, and, and were this the early 1900s, were we a century, were we just a century earlier than we are now? Basically, I could expect to be treated with that racism and that racism doesn't just go away. It just gets reapplied. So it, it shifts. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm calling this, you know, my portion of the segment, just white enough, because what it is, is I'm just white enough to go back and to look at these uh, cartoons and to look at these images and go and, and, and know enough to know that that is my family. That is, that is the, yeah. the racism that my grand, that my great grandparents faced the race mm -hmm. that, that shaped my grandparents and and led them to try to protect my parents from similar kinds of racism right who then were able to shield me from it to the point where um you know at this point it, it's almost like a a silver lining of the ethnocentrism of this country i get lumped in with the side that is that is that is sort of viewed as the victors and all this or, or not the victors but the ones that are on top of the social situation right because of my past you know because of my ancestral past i'm not on top of this social situation yeah um just to uh give some background on lewis dalrymple he was uh shortly after printing the publishing the cartoon he was sent to a sanitarium in 1905 where he died of paresis which is hmm. uh when they talk about uh that that condition where like syphilis can make you sort of become unhinged yeah that's what paresis is so he died interesting. he died of untreated syphilis <clears throat> interesting so you know i guess it is kind of a little bit of a, a karmic uh slap to him that in 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 my own view i think he kind of deserved not yeah <laughs> i don't wish death on anybody but uh <laughs> you know I, I i looking at how he spoke about my ancestors i in in image uh, I, I don't um, I don't necessarily feel like that is uh, a bad thing, but mm -hmm. basically history being what it is, I can infer that the ethnocentric fueled racism of the early 1900s faced by my great grandparents and grandparents has ebbed over the last century. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about it is that over the over the summer, the sun can occasionally make my true skin color ambiguous. Um, I was, I had a part about uh, one time when I was in my 20s, there was a kid uh, selling magazines who came to my parents' door because I was living at home at the time and they were on vacation. And so I wound up talking to the kid and sitting outside and talking to him. We actually, uh, this was back when I still smoked. Um, I, I, I bummed him a cigarette and uh, we sat out on, on the front porch and, and smoked a cigarette together. And while we were talking, he turned to me and he goes, aren't you just a shade lighter than me? <laughs> i started laughing and i was like no no i just tan well i'm like five different kinds of white i'm a white 
Um, <laughs> so it, it's weird because I've often found him just white enough to be included or expected to be a willing participant in the casual racism that occurs when races are racists are comfortable because the minorities aren't around. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up, uh, I was born in a, in a larger town in, in Rochester, New York, but I, I grew up in a lot of uh, smaller towns because my family moved a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, due to the small town life, uh, I was treated to white and brown people constantly using mm -hmm. the N-word freely whenever black people are not around, even when they're mm -hmm. friends with some of the local black people in the town. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I had friends who would who would say this stuff and then we'd get on the bus and they'd be sitting there talking to the black kids on our bus. And I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> ridiculous right. but yeah. small town life it, it was it was sort of like how it was in the small town it was it was kind of like what dave Chappelle used to say about racism hey you all good almost <laughs> yeah he, he just needs to go to sleep oh <laughs> um where was i um, <clears throat> um, I think we just finished talking about him, uh, having syphilis and dying. Oh yeah. So, um, I think I was telling about, uh, this, this, this group I was in. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're talking about how, uh, there was that one, there was a, uh, talking on the, uh, the kid on the bus who you were in the school, this small school relatively. Yeah. And then I think that's about where you left off. Yeah, I was talking about this sort of event where it was sort of like a, a feeling me out for my um, tendencies. Basically, this, this this black kid walked by and one of my mm -hmm. the friends that I was talking to at the time turned to the other three of us and said, uh, I can't wait for my first till my dad takes me to my first clan meeting. And mm. we were all surprised. But what made what shocked me was when it comes to hanging out with that kid i'm pretty sure that in that event i was the only one where that actually affected whether or not i remained friends with that person yeah you know um you know and that's not and that's just from high school i remember when i was in college there was a old chris rock bit where he talks about the different ends ends to the n word right you know the a thing versus the er ending yeah and 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 so hearing that, and it was unintended. It wasn't like he was like, oh, yeah, Chris Rock does this bit. He just was talking. I asked him about uh, how, he, how he reconciled some of the ways he spoke in private when he, was, when he, when he would talk about his black teammates as, like, brothers. Mm -hmm. And that was what he came out with, where he was like, well, I think there's two different types. And it was literally that Chris Rock bit, but from a white kid instead of a black guy. Hmm. Yeah, rough. Or... Um, <clears throat> Sitting there, uh, <laughs> sitting there on social media today, watching in awe as people who freely threw out the N word, yeah, other racist terms. Um, <laughs> I was in high school, who sit there and claim to deny any presence of systemic racism on social media today, mm -hmm. like they didn't learn to say those things from an element of their larger cultural community, right? Um, and and I think about even the harmless jokes we made in high school that had racial injustice embedded in them. Yeah, we had a friend. First off, we, the prank we planned was specifically oriented around this friend because one night we were, I think I was like 16 or 17. I went out with some friends. We filled up water balloons 
and mm-hmm. shoot them at cars at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, which if you know anything about water balloons, it, a harmless piece of plastic might sit on your car if, if, the, if the balloon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason what, and part of the reason was we had a, um, the person who was driving the car was our black friend. Mm-hmm. We would make jokes like, you know, we're, it's going to, it's got to be so confusing for these small town cops. They, they want to pull this car over because the guy's driving while black, but then the rest of us in the car are white. So what do they do? Right. <laughs> you right. know? And, um, I guess my overall point is, uh, you know, my experience with racism and my ancestral history being what it is, mm-hmm. I just find it hard to believe in the culture, in the context of the moment we're at right now. Yeah. People are able to look at the gains we've made since 1964 and think that we're in a perfect place with right. racial equality or equity in this country. Yeah. Um, both are things that we should be proud as a country with a strong moral foundation to work toward for the benefit of all the citizens who live here. Mm-hmm. But there's there's no question we're not in a perfect place and we need to be working on it right uh the question of how we work on it is some is a, is a discussion we can have but it needs to be something that we're working on um, absolutely and i think back to that time when we were the envy of the world i mean it's the reason why people like my great grandparents three mm-hmm. of them wanted to move here in the first place in spite of eth- ethnocentrism that they knew they would face they mm-hmm. weren't, it wasn't like the world was naive back then and people were like, oh, yeah, move to the United States and be completely equal. They, they knew that they would face hardship, mm-hmm. but it was a better place to be. And yeah. but but the question I have to ask is when it comes to all this, are we still the place that where people want to be or in, in better words, do mm-hmm. the reasons that we like to think we are a place where people would like to live still ring true in the context of current events. And that's why if you're one of our Patreon supporters, again, these links will be in there, but there's another cartoon mm-hmm. used to teach immigration where it's, uh, it's uncle Sam standing on the U S Ark of refuge. And uh, I want, what's the name of the cartoon? The cartoon is uh, welcome to all. And it was printed in, in, the, in the magazine puck on April mm-hmm. 8th, 1880. Um, but what it says, what you have Uncle Sam standing on this ark and the, the clouds behind the ark are bright. The clouds in the home country are dark and there's like demon monsters reaching towards the people. Mm. And what it says is no oppressive taxes, no expensive kings, no compulsory military service and no nouts or dungeons. Nouts were uh, a type of, of whip that they would use to torture. Mm. Um, now I can safely say that there are no nouts but i don't know right. you have a uh, prison industrial complex mm-hmm. a 13th amendment that says that slavery is legal as long as you're convicted of a crime right um we don't have compulsory military service and i think that uh that's a good thing um, yeah but when it comes to no expensive kings i don't think the president's a king but i do think we have a neo-nobility in congress Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we may not have a king, but we definitely have dukes and earls that are right. Uh, that we've given the power of the purse that that maybe aren't using it as correctly as we'd like. They aren't trusted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they barely crack a third of the country trusting them in in the worst of times. It was interesting. Right. Uh, up until this pandemic started, they hadn't cracked a third of the country trusting them since two thousand and nine, almost eleven years. And then this pandemic mm-hmm. started, and suddenly. All that goodwill that usually goes towards a, a president in a time of crisis, you know, thinking back to 9-11, George W. Bush enjoyed great support following 9-11 from most of the people in the country. 
Uh, Trump didn't see that in the pandemic. And it's interesting because a lot of that went to Congress. Yeah. Um, but then you get to know oppressive taxes. And it's, it's interesting because we keep cutting taxes for the top. And where does that put the burden or the onus of taxes? Mm-hmm. The rest of us on the common people. So, you know, are we still, are we still that, um, that country that, 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 that people want to come to for all those reasons, or are we telling ourselves that mm. we still that country that people want to come to for all those reasons? Right. You know? Um, and I guess the, the point of why I wanted to talk about this and I, you know, it's not that we wanted to talk about it last. I just wanted, uh, I always want to be fair and, and give you guys, uh, uh, equal time and i know i've, I've kind yeah. of sometimes dominated the choices um so i don't I, I, you know i i i don't mind going going last but i, I think the, the the question that i'm trying to to place here is um you know have we in this moment have we really taken account of what's going on or are we just saying we did so that we can return to normalcy um and if it's the second one yeah i i i just hope that we can learn from the past and, and figure out that that is not the way to go because you know yeah uh this happens every few years you know we had this after george floyd but we also had this after uh you know um uh uh uh, uh trayvon martin Tray- right trayvon martin you know uh, mm. uh other people who have died um eric Garner, mm-hmm. uh freddie gray um we've all we also had this after rodney king we also right. had this uh, after, um, after Martin Luther King Mar- yep. and mm-hmm. we had it. And, and the thing is, when Martin Luther King was, was just being civilly disobedient, people were telling him he needed to stop. They, they wanted to go back to the norm. So mm-hmm. when it comes to going back to the norm, are we doing it for the right reasons? Or are we just doing it because we don't want to have to face up mm-hmm. to, uh, the change that will actually need to occur? Yeah. And a large part of me believes the latter, unfortunately, so yeah, um, is what's going on. That's the, that's the scary bit, you know. Um, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll always say it that history is doomed to repeat itself from those who don't learn from it. Yep. You know, and um, <clears throat> unfortunately, that that is really the case, and it's also just because it's it's like you know people like to stay blindly ignorant to a lot of the things going on, um, unless it serves their better purpose. You know, I mean. Uh, it took my dad, I think my, my dad, maybe 35 years in, in America before he decided to leave because he didn't like the way it was going, um, how everything was looking. And when he first came in here, he, he had uh, bright aspirations. I mean, you know, the American dream that everybody, you know, talked about what it was before. I feel like that American dream has gone to the wayside. I feel like, unfortunately, the American dream isn't really what it is or what it was before. Yeah. Um, and it's different now, you know, it's, 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 it's nice to know that there's a lot more information out there. There's a lot, there's a lot more knowledge in general, you know, as time goes on. Um, but that's just more knowledge to, to respect as well. You know, it's, it's, it's more that you have to take into account every time you do something and say something and how you act. I mean, even, you know, I'm, I'm not that old either. I'm, I'm turning 29, I'm turning 30 next year, you know, but um, even growing up, you know, me being younger, I'm in school, middle school. There was a lot of those uh, those racial slurs and racial uh, jokes that were passed around. Everybody, everyone, you know, it was it was almost nobody nobody batted an eye 
when um you know a lot of these these words were dropped at least in my area um in my school and and it was and i i grew up in a pretty diverse area you know i had friends of all all, all different races and colors and everyone egged on everybody but um you know that was when we were kids you know and we didn't know any better you remember the uh not, not, everybody remembers the show the boondocks but i never yeah the, the comics yeah. I love the comics, and I felt like yeah. the only episode of the show that was really honest to the comics was the one where um, Martin Luther King comes back and is disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but in the comics, there was there was a great series where they were talking, where they were joking about it was right after nine eleven, and he was joking about how uh, blacks were black people were no longer the number one feared minority because of Middle Eastern people. Right. And uh, you know they they were like the third feared or something like that. Mm-hmm. the thing was that was a funny joke for Aaron Magruder to make right yeah mm-hmm. but then it, you know I go to school on Monday uh after all this and I'm hearing like I'm having arguments with people because I was not I, after 9-11 I was terrified of a draft because I was not entirely sure I believed in the wars we were going to mm-hmm. um so you know I'm having all these discussions with people and you know they're telling me about how they can't wait to go or not that they can't wait, but like they think that the country should go and fight the sand N words. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, you know, and 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 it was just like, um, you know, for the longest time, because of how my peers in my predominantly white uh, small town school uh, mm-hmm. spoke, um, I thought if you've ever heard the song "Bob Bombs Over Baghdad" by uh, yep. by um, uh, Outcast. I yeah. had no idea there was a, there's a certain section where they go bob your head rag top and I had no idea that that was a car. Mm. <laughs> particularly uh racist section of a song right. racist against a different minority group. <laughs> and no idea that they were talking about like a, a you know a a, t- a type of car. <laughs> yes, I would I wouldn't have known that either if you had you know if you had said that to me. <laughs> so um but but it's just it's it's that it's that mm. it's that sense of you know, we, we, regardless of how you feel about systemic racism, social racism is still out there. And the people who uh, I hung out or I talked to in high school are at various levels mm-hmm. of our society. They make decisions every day. And, um, you know, they, they obviously their opinions of different minorities are going to affect those decisions. And so, right. you know, I think we're moving towards a better place, but we, we have to stay vigilant. We have to keep trying to move toward a better place. Absolutely. It doesn't happen if we, if we grow complacent or sit there urging a return to normalcy at a time when what we really need to do is shock and shake up the system. Yeah. Because the problem with that too, is the more lulls that we have, you know, into like forward growth and forward movement, the worse it gets, the more backpedaling there is. So until it's addressed full front and, you know, you know, pretty pretty hard uh it, there's not going to be much change yep so well that is what we can do we can share our perspective and try to help other people see it yeah <laughs> and push the positivity as best we can you know <laughs> exactly yeah so um you know with that being said that's our three segments that now we're not just untying one knot. That about unties, you know, those those three knots we talked about: sports, science, and social uh, life. Um, right. We are a listener-supported podcast. We do not do the advertisements for uh, anyone, and we don't really want the oversight. Um, 
If you would like to donate, our Patreon is listed in the episode description. Um, if you decide to become a Patreon supporter, uh, we, we, you get access to show notes. Um, and there are other things that are coming up uh, as we continue to work on uh, refining our product that, that you will also have early access to or exclusive access to. But as always, uh, we all thank you for listening, and, and we're really excited by uh, how it, the, 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 even with minimal social media presence, which is something that all three of us are <laughs> a little less keen on employing, right. uh, we're, we're thrilled to see that people are listening and, and showing interest. So uh, we hope to continue to grow. Uh, we, we thank you for listening. Please, you know, um, continue to support, and we will see you next time on Untying the Knot. Stay safe, stay informed, and take care. Yep. See you later.